You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Turn over to the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter number 3, and I'm just going to follow the direction that I started off. I was praying seriously about changing, uh, always willing to follow the Lord any way He leads, but I am going to continue on this topic and uh, an exciting topic tonight, and I went with the title of No Food for the Lazy. How about that? No Food for the Lazy. No Food for You. Uh, so <laughs> let's, let's read this, and uh, we'll look at these verses again. Look with me, if you will, again, beginning in verse number 6 of chapter 3 of 2 Thessalonians. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day, that we might not be made chargeable to any of you, not because we have not power to make ourselves an ensample unto you to follow us, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you, and here it is, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For we hear that there are some which uh, walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they, they work and they eat their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing." And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with that, that he may be ashamed. So this is quite the passage here we find in the word of God. And it really is amazing because throughout Thessalonians, Paul goes, as he often does, he goes from the, he, he, he's looking at the heights and depths of eschatology. And I'm using that word. Anybody, what's eschatology? Study of the end times. And, uh, and then somebody says, well, why don't you just say that, right? Uh, that's what my kids say all the time. I'll, I'll say some word and they'll say, what does that mean? Then I'll tell them what it means. Just say that, right? But eschatology, that's the theological term for the study of the end times. But Paul's been dealing with that stuff. And just right there dealing with the end times, then he comes right down to where you and I live. And, and, and how we live matters. And God cares about how we live. That's one of the reasons why Jesus said, I, I've come to give you life. I, I want you to know me as Savior. But I didn't just come so that you might know Jesus and be saved. I've come that you might have life abundantly. I've come that you may daily live your life in a way that's blessed, a blessed life. And I promise God wants to bless each and every one of you. Um, and that's what he's looking for here in these passages. So he comes down from the lofty heights of theological instruction to the basic practical principles of Christian living. For Paul, theology was not merely abstract reasoning, but practical truth to affect daily life. In other words, what you believe ought to determine how you behave. How many of you know, well, that's one of the things really about religion. Religion doesn't really change much about the way people live, does it? Honestly. Uh, it, it's, it, it depends on the religion, I understand. But for some people, it's just a set of beliefs. But for us, we don't live by just a set of beliefs. We have a practical living how about this? Relationship with Jesus Christ. Therefore, uh, therefore it ref reflects the way we live our daily lives. And it's hard to imagine getting much more practical than work. Work. 
And, I, and I'm not going to chase this rabbit trail. I say that, and you're going to see, and you won't believe that I'm not going to chase this, but I'm not going to chase it. But you may be, I think it's interesting when you look at some of the social issues that we face within our country and other parts of the world as well, but within our country, that you don't think of as a biblical and moral issue. But when it comes to some of these things concerning work, um, God, we, we looked at last week how God's the one who ordained work. He blessed work. He gave man a purpose in his work. Somebody asked me about the ringtone. I just think it's funny, so I'm just letting it go. But um, anyway, the, 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 the idea behind work being a blessing and the idea behind people, listen, the Bible talks about people earning money. The Bible talks about people investing money. The Bible talks about people owning personal property. There can be no, no such thing as thou shalt not steal if you don't have personal property, right? If you don't have personal ownership of something. And you don't think of these as moral issues, but what you see in the political landscape is that there's a lot more attacks on biblical values beyond just what we think of as the moral values and, uh, and, and work and things of that nature go along with that. The Bible teaches, as we looked at last week, work is a blessing. Working hard and productivity is a virtue. All right? So... When we think of the virtue of working hard, honest profit and prosperity are all honorable and consistent with the righteousness of God. I'll say that again. Honest profit and prosperity are all honorable and consistent with the righteousness of God. Working honors God. As we talked about last week, God, before we ever read about man working, we read about God working. He made the heavens and the earth, and then He rested on the seventh day. We ought to work. We ought to rest. But work, God, God's the one that... So working honors God, think about this, in imitation. In other words, the first time we're introduced to God in the Bible, He is working. When we are industrious, when we are creative and productive, we reflect the character of God in our lives. In contrast, those who have the, and I want to emphasize this, those who have the ability to work but refuse to work not only dishonor themselves, but they also dishonor their Creator. So therefore, if you think about that, why, why is God trying to encourage people who are able to work and pay their own way to work instead of relying on others? Because he knows that the, the virtuous part of that, there's an honor in that. There is a fulfillment in that, that you are accomplishing something, that you're doing something. He knows it's a blessing ultimately. So some of the Thessalonian believers, the reason why, as we looked at, this book was written to Thess the Thessalonians, these people that lived in uh, Macedonia, this ancient world, this world heavily dominated by, you know, some Greek philosophy. Now the Romans are in control of everything. But literally, the Romans, in the Roman Empire, they had somewhere, they estimate around 2 million slaves in the Roman Empire. Because, and listen, it wasn't just, when you think of a slave, I'm sure you think of just doing the most menial task, you know. But, and, and that was true. Uh, we, we don't want to build anything. Well, we, we've got slaves for that. We don't want to cook. We've got slaves for that. But it even went as far as we don't want to, uh, I mean, all, even, even things like doctors and different things like that. I mean, these Romans didn't want to do anything uh, except sit around, you know. And they wanted slaves to pretty much do all the work. And so slavery went even to, to some extent, you could say a higher class, but basically they just did, they had a low view of work. So therefore, these Thessalonians were, uh, you know, around this culture, influenced by this culture, 
And as we read about, some of these Thessalonian believers, they, they, they thought the Lord had uh, was coming back, and, and He is. But as a result of that, they said, well, where there's no re reason to work. But then what happens is they weren't working, and then when you don't work, what happens? You don't get paid. Well, we know that there's some... But you don't get paid. You don't earn wages, and you definitely didn't back then. You didn't earn nothing. And so, therefore, you don't work. You don't get paid. Now you can't eat. Now you can't buy groceries. Now you can't pay your rent. Now you can't pay for your cell phone. You can't pay for table, cable TV. You're not, able to, you're not able to pay for your cigarettes. Um, and so what do you do? You start bumming off of people who are working. Right? They got quiet in a hurry, didn't <laughs> but, but Now, they didn't have all that stuff back then. They didn't have all that stuff back then. But the point is, and so, and they just kept doing that. And Paul is like, that's not okay. That's not okay. Um, so, so, so they were causing problems. And, and, and not only that, that was a problem. But the Bible says since they weren't busy, the Bible says they were busy bodies. So they had so much time on their hands, Dan, they just started nosing around in everybody else's business. You know, they weren't ever tired from working, so they had plenty of time to sit around and get up in everybody else's business, right? And gossip and meddle and carry on and all this stuff. What else were they going to do? And it, you know, that reminds me of people, but it reminds me sometimes of preachers. I'm like, I don't know how all these preachers got time to get on Facebook or social media and get on here and criticize and attack all these other preachers out there who are also preaching the gospel. I'm like, dude, I ain't got time to be messing with you and you fussing over some silly preference you have out there. It's just, uh, man, we've got work to do. So don't be a busybody. Get to work. And so, but he, that's what he said. He said, you're not busy, therefore you're being busybody. So they were just causing trouble within the church. Now, in lieu of the sensible nature of this passage, the practical nature of this passage, it affords us a good opportunity to have a discussion on balance. Because I was praying about where to go tonight, and I, you know, I really already had quite a bit of stuff down, but I kind of backed off of some of the, some of the minutia, and I thought, you know what, let's talk about some balance here in this passage. All right? All right, so there, there's, there's three main topics that we read about in the verses we just read. Number one, work. That's in there. Dealing with the poor. Dealing with the poor. And then thirdly, church discipline. So these are just great subjects. Um, but, but what I'm doing, for those of you that don't understand, I'm preaching through the book, I'm preaching through Thessalonians, and I'm preaching just verse by verse by verse. And I just preach on what comes next, that's what I preach on. Um, and this happens to be what comes next. But, but, but first of all, let's look at work. Work. So think about work. Clearly, we've talked about God blesses work. God said we ought to work. Now, what is a good balanced approach to work? A balanced approach to work. What's that? Part-time, Jennifer says. Uh, <laughs> that's a start. Uh, <laughs> uh, Part-time. Well, that's close. I mean, okay. Uh, that, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's close. Uh, <laughs> what's a good, healthy balance when it comes to our perspective on work? I'll say this for one thing. You know, we've talked about a lot of those things already. It's a blessing. We can look at the, the positives of, of working. Um, but what's, what's a balance? So how could you, I'll, I'll ask this way, how could work get out of balance? How could somebody take me getting up here and preaching and saying, hey, you ought to work. God blesses work. 
blah, blah, blah. And then you say, okay, how could you go too far with that in a, in a, in a direction, Ryan? Yeah, the love of money, right? Some people, some people are only, they, they make their identity, you know, their career or their title or their status is their identity. It's who they are. And they become, you know, what's known as workaholics, right? It's people that, that forget about their family. I mean, listen, I believe in working. Don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about balance here, though. In other words, to where God comes second, you know, or, or, or somewhere down the line, there's family, there's, uh, there's God, there's... But number one is my job. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and we, people treat their, their jobs like they're God. We ought to work hard. We ought to honor God on our jobs. Uh, it, it, I, I tell you, 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 have you ever worked at a place to where it feels like you had better make this job your God or else... Uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen situations like that. And, and listen, one thing I want to say also about when we talk about work and then the next topic as well, a lot of these contexts are in the context of where we live in the United States of America. If somebody's listening in another country or even in certain parts of, uh, of America, not all of these things apply as far as me saying that you can get a job today, right? Now, you may not be able to get the job, but you can get a job. There's a balance to work. And so... That's just to say, don't let work, because I, I think about it talking to teenagers, right? You know, and, and I do this all the time, because you, you tell them something, right? And this would be an example. Hey, work, work. Then all of a sudden, they just work and don't have time for anything or anybody else ever. And uh, then you're like, hey, man, come on, you need to uh, take a day off every once in a while, you know? Man, you need to uh, spend some time with your family. You need to come to church. or uh, Well, you said I ought to work. Teenagers, right? You said I should, well, yeah, you're supposed to work, but don't make work your idol. Don't let a, a, an obsession with money, uh, you know, get, get you out of whack and out of balance when it comes to work. So any other thoughts on that? All right. Uh, I said we're going to have a discussion, but it might not be much of a discussion here, but I'll try to make it a discussion. Uh, just a couple little things about work as we go. I'm going to deal with my phone. Oh, here it is. Uh, a couple things about work as we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Well, I, just just the idea that one of the one of the challenges of our society that I that I mentioned last week, so I won't spend a lot of time on. But you know, it's tough that we live in a society that increasingly operates against these principles of biblical work. And there's a there's an economic statement, I guess you would say, that says when you tax, uh, well, what you tax, you get less of. What you subsidize, you get more of. What you tax, you get less of. What you subsidize, you get more of. In other words, when you tax work and productivity, you get less work and productivity. When you subsidize laziness and dependence, you get more laziness and dependence. And so it's just, you know, just a little principle there in life. And, you know, you think about some of these other principles about... This is awesome. That, that some people, <laughs> this is funny, but there's, uh, so there's some people that, you know, you know there's, there's the movement today that thinks, listen, I, I'm telling you, God blesses work, all right? Might listen to this guy for a little bit, but, but God blesses work. Uh, and Dory is helping her, so it's, she's to the rescue, so it's good. But, uh, but, but, uh, but what, what, when we think about this, this idea, you know, I, I, believe, I truly believe 
that it is honorable if your job is being a greeter at Walmart. If that's your job, if that's what you do, uh, you, are not less of a, you are not less of a person than a brain surgeon. But I just want to tell you, it's craziness to try to think that the greeter at Walmart ought to get paid the same as a brain surgeon. You know, and you say, well, yeah, that's crazy. But that's the kind of, move, that's the kind of movement we have today. You know, well, let's, let's, why don't we just raise minimum wage to $150,000 a year? What are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, you, 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 give, you give people a minimum wage and it makes it a good starting place for kids, right? But you don't incentivize, you incentivize, hey, but if you work harder, you work with a good attitude, you can work up and you can get a better paying job. But minimum wage jobs offer great entry-level places for, pe for kids and other people like that. And you say, well, man, that's, that doesn't sound very biblical. But I'm telling you, I think there's just biblical principles behind many of these things. Uh, I'll say this last thing about work. Work, work with a good attitude. What if, you don't, what if you don't really have the position? Anybody, I just heard this story and it stuck with me. I always think about it. Anybody, ever, ever, anybody know who Terry Crews is? Yeah. Terry Crews, all right, some people shaking their heads. Uh, you know, the rest of you aren't that spiritual. But Terry Crews is a, uh, I'm just kidding, he's, he's an actor. He's an actor. And I'm telling you, that dude's never going to win like a, a Emmy or Grammy or whatever it is that actors win. Uh, he's never going to win that. But, uh, but, but if you don't know about Terry Crews, Terry Crews used to play in the NFL. He was an NFL player for a while, and now he's an actor. But it's cool if you find out how did he go from being an NFL player to an actor. When he wasn't able to be in the league anymore, he wanted to be an actor. But you just can't go be an actor. So he just started working in Hollywood, and he just started working on the set of shows and movies. Literally, he was the dude that would be like, okay, sir, I need to get you from this set to the other set. Here you, here you go. I'll get you from here to your trailer. Here you go, I'll bring you a coffee. Now what do you do if you're sitting there thinking, well, I wanted to be an actor. Not show people around, not get people their coffee. I'll tell you what, I just... Right? This ain't what I was signed up for. I want to be on the, on the silver screen, you know. I want to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, this. I want to be an actor. You know what he did? He did it with fervor, man. He would show people around with the best attitude. He was hyped up. How you doing today? Yes, sir. Let me get you where you're going. He, he did everything with just excitement. And, uh, and, and he did it to such an extent. And, and he would tell people, yeah, I, I'm wanting to be an actor one day. I hope to get in a movie. I hope to get in a show. He did that to the extent where finally some people said, you know what? I'm going to give this guy a shot. I'm going to give him a chance. So don't mope around because of where you are. Keep a good attitude and you might find yourself getting to a better place. But... Um, I, but but, the, but the, the balance of work is work hard, but don't make uh, work your God. Um, how, how about this one? I put dealing with the poor. Now, the poor that we're dealing with in this passage um, are people who are poor right now because they have the ability to work, they have jobs they could work, but they just won't work. It's just like a friend of mine, man. I felt so bad for this friend of mine. Uh, this friend of mine, true story. But true story, he, uh, he was trying to get his son, his, his son was driving his car, and his son had just come into some money. And so he, said, he, he, he asked his son, he said, hey, son, he said, I'll, uh, hey, I'll sell you that car of mine uh, that you've been driving. He said, uh, you know, I, I paid uh, you know, 12000 for it. I, I'll sell it to you for twelve. It's, it's worth like sixteen, but I'll sell it to you for twelve. Uh, and he says, oh, no, no, I, I'm good. 
Well, what do you mean you're good? Do you, 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 got another, you got another car? You got another deal? What's going on? Oh, no, no, I don't have another car, another deal. Well, then what do you mean it's good? It's like, well, why would I buy it from you when you're just going to keep letting me drive it anyway? True story. And think about my friend. Does he let him keep driving it anyway? Anyway, that's another story. But that's what he did. Uh, that's how some people are. But, but when we think about dealing with the poor, this, this title, no food for the lazy, well, gosh, Jesse must sure have something. He must be really mad at poor people or something, you know. Well, no, not at all. I mean, I grew up poor. And I tell you, as I said last week, don't get me started because I can look at a lot of things that decisions that we made and decisions that poor people like my family uh, make through the years that are just, uh, I'm trying to think of a really nice, I think a good nice way to say it, cover Ryan's ears, it's just stupid. It's just stupidity. Just out and out stupidity. Sorry. I got to come up with, I got a thesaurus. I ought to just put stupidity in the thesaurus and just find a better word. Um, darn it. I'm sorry, Nicole. Ryan, forgive me. Uh, but <laughs> dealing with the poor. Listen, does God care about poor people? Absolutely. Does the church care about poor people? 100%. I mean, as a matter of fact, you look all throughout the Bible, God cares for the poor. Now, this definitely goes into the world context because, man, there's places in the world to where people are poor and just they can't do anything about it. I mean, there's not much they can do. They can't just start selling stuff. They can't just go down to Walmart and get a job. I mean, they're just poor. And there's people in need throughout the world. And a lot of it's because of their uh, not smart governments that they have and that the way they're run, and it's sad. But, but regardless, there are genuine poor people. Can anybody think of an example in the Bible that shows that God cares for poor people? How about this? And we just got, th we're, we're, well, we just got done shopping. I saw your hand come up, Blake. I love that. Yeah, Jesus came from a little podunk town, right? Nazareth. I mean, just nothing. That's where Jesus came from. It was the boonies. And I thought, I don't hear people say that too much, the boondocks, the boonies. But he, that's where he came from. He came from a poor family. I mean, and then it's cool to me that, that the people, that, and, and then he didn't even have a place when, his, when he was born, he didn't have a proper place to be born. And then the very first people that the, that the angels announce his birth to are the shepherds. The shepherds are, are, are low on the rung in Jewish society, but that's who he appeared to. That's a great example. We just, you know, many people are done chopping, harvesting, not so much yet as far as combining and all that. But when they would harvest in the Bible, anybody know where I'm going now? What would they do when they harvested in the Bible, Melanie? Yep, God, it was God put in the law for the Jewish people, do not harvest the corners of your fields. And if stuff, if anything falls on the ground, leave it there. Leave it there. Why? Because that way the poor could come and go through the fields and glean. Pick up the stuff that fell. The poor could go to the corners and go and get ears of corn or, you know, whatever grain, barley, whatever it was they were getting. So God made provisions for the poor. And really, if you look throughout history, man, I tell you, 
It's an awesome thing when you study. Blake noticed these books on my desk. I mention them all the time. But I've got, I've got two books. One, the first one, was, it's by D. James Kennedy, which I, it just blows my mind. I don't ever hear his name anymore. He's in heaven, but just a, a great preacher and writer. But, but he had written one book called What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? He wrote another follow-up book, What If the Bible Had Never Been Written? And it just goes to show what Christianity did for, for human rights, for society, for, uh, for women, for babies, for the poor, uh, you know, the first hospitals built in this country were built by Christians. All the different ministries toward poor folks was uh, led by Christianity. Uh, just, just amazing things. Um, how about this one, Matthew 25. I want to show you this one about Jesus caring for the poor. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew 25, He said, For I was unhungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? So Jesus is saying, man, I'm going to bless you because you fed me when I was hungry. You gave me something to drink when I was thirsty. You clothed me when I didn't have proper clothing. You, 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 you took me in whenever I didn't have a place to stay. And people are like, well, <laughs> we never did that, Lord. And he's like, no, you did it. Because he said, I say unto you, and as much as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. All right? So Jesus, the Lord, cares about the poor. And I'll tell you, he cares about the poor, period. But I'll add to that, he also cares for the lazy and good for nothing and the trifling and the freeloaders so much that he says, don't help that crowd. You ain't helping them. God loves you so much that if you're lazy, he says, don't give them any food. I love them too much to, to, for them to, to become dependent. Right? I love them too much for you to enable them in this. Are you going to say something, Gerald? Right. It's hard, hard line. But how you discern that is, is, is it a character issue or 
That is, yeah. I mean, that's like a mic drop. I was really about to go get one of these wireless mics and go like that because that was so good. Uh, but that is, he said, communism is what's mine is yours. Communism is what's yours is mine, right? So that was a good thing. And then, and then looking at somebody's character versus their circumstances, uh, right? Because I'm telling you, man, it's, it's a tough thing, but I have enabled people. Were you ever enabled people? At our, in our church, we, have, we literally set money aside in our budget to help people. Um, and, but again, I, you, you do have to ask the question, am I helping somebody? Uh, you know, am I helping them? And because sometimes you start looking, you, you just think, I'm, I'm not helping you. And, you know, because these people will be like, you know, the, the poor character. They're not willing to, you know, I, I heard it this way. What is it? That, that people, people, how about people that will go spend their money on their wants and then come ask me for money for their needs? They go spend their money on their wants and then they come ask us for their needs. Um, that's, you need help. And, and I love you too much. I, I do want to help you. And that's why I'm not giving you any money. Because I want to help you. And I'm going to ask you, hey, uh, how much are you paying for internet and cable right now? Oh, really? Man, you just needed 20 bucks for me. There's 150 right there. You go. There you go. Look at that. Uh, how, uh, you know, I saw you at Starbucks the other day. How, 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 how many lattes you buy in a week? You know? Oh, just two or three or something. Okay, $600 a year, uh, you know, or more. Um, you know, okay, uh, well, hey, that, man, how would you like $600 a year, right? Uh, how about eating out? You been eating out a lot? Have you been eating out? Okay, eating out. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, I'll help you, uh, but I'll help you. I don't want to enable you. And people get think that's cruel, but that ain't cruel. And it's hard, believe me, it's hard. It's easy to get up here and say, and it's harder to do. But, but man, it's tough for me. I, uh, I've done that before where I've enabled people and enabled people and enabled people until I just finally felt like a big old fool and thought, thought man, I've got to quit enabling these people. Uh, you know, t times I can remember going to, get, going to somebody's house to give them money, to, to bring them some money, and it was, uh, it was when I first started the church, and so I didn't, I mean, the church didn't have money, so when I'm giving them money, I'm giving them my money. And I'd go to their house, and they're sitting around smoking and drinking and watching cable TV. And I'm just like, man, I can't afford uh, cable TV right now. And I can't afford cigarettes. I mean, I'm digging out of the ashtray. I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, and here these people are getting money from me, <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, what are you going to say, Deidre? A hand up, not a hand out. That's right. That's a good... That's a good classic thing. And I'm telling you, a lot of these, again, I want to back up on this, on God's approach toward dealing toward poor people. Listen, I'm telling you, many of us have been raised in a society. Some of us were raised in some uh, people, some bad poor people habits when it comes to spending money. Bad poor people habits. And, and some of you, you're Christians, you're saved, but you still got some of those habits. Uh, just like these Thessalonians did. But you know what? Uh, there, there's help. And just will, will you make an effort to say, okay, what does God, God has a ton to say about finances and the way we're supposed to handle finances. Uh, look at that. And there's still a chance to grow on that. Somebody over here? Dan? Yes. Yeah. 
That's right. Yeah, that's a great point. That's right. So, yeah, so Dan's saying that in the, the gleaning of the field and the leaving the corners, they, the, those people had to come and get it, right? But you, in our society, they'd be sitting at home wondering why mean old Dan, the farmer, won't bring, the, bring his corn down to their place. I thought you were a Christian, you know. Uh, well, I thought you were a human being. Get up and work, man. Uh, right? But so, and then, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, time's sake, we'll start, stop right there. But I, I just thought this, this last one I'll just deal with quickly. Or should I? I'll just say that it's in here. I'll just mention it because I thought these were good, like balanced things, right? Because that's what we're talking about. I just thought it was a good discussion because when you come to the Bible, balance. And, and if you want to know where balance is at, it's right here. We get here and we get there. But the Bible always brings you back to balance. Okay, Ralph, you may help me with my next decision here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and there's people out there, and that's one of the things, you know, I mean, Ralph's out, you know, talking about the people that are begging for money, the, home, the homeless, or presumably homeless, uh, you know, it's a tough situation, because, and he said, how does God look at those people? Well, the thing is, is that they're not all the same people, you know, I think we've got to admit that right away. He talked about there's some that are just addicted to drugs, there's others that, that have major mental health issues, that haven't had... Uh, proper medication in a long time there's there there's others that there's others that I, I, that that literally are like man you know what i can make a pretty d decent amount of money out here on this corner oh yeah yes mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I've given out, I've done that before too, to where I've given out food or something, and I've had people refuse food. <laughs> I had one guy; it was just so hilarious. Uh, I picked him up because he he was coming to the church, and anyway, he was. I, I picked him up, and I said. Uh, I was like, hey, man, let, uh, he's, uh, you know, pastor, pastor, can I get a couple bucks, you know? And I'm like, well, uh, I'm, I'm hungry, man. I just want a burger. And I'm like, I'll tell you what, man. I said, jump in. I, and I knew the guy because he'd been coming to church some. And I was like, jump in. I'll, I'll swing through Burger King for you. I'll get you a couple things. I'll tell him, no, no, just, could you just, could you just give me the money? <laughs> you know, could you just give me the money? And because he was, he was wanting li li liquid bread, you know, he wasn't looking for, uh, uh, burgers. All right, Dory, I'll, get, I'll, I'll let you get the last one and we'll call it good.